Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Visit the Vendor Process Training Center to enroll in your choice of 55 plus training sessions that will help you and your team avoid fraud, compliance fines, and bad vendor data. Or just sign up to get access to Vendor Process FAQs and to attend weekly drop-in live Q&A sessions. Visit training.deborahrrichardson.com today. The link will be in the show notes. So this week is International Fraud Awareness Week. And so very fitting, I am going to share a write-up of an experiment from a company that wondered what scammers would do with $500 worth of gift cards. And if you're wondering too, keep listening. Welcome to episode 213. Analyst at CoFence finds out what happens when you give scammers $500 worth of gift cards. So I have to tell you when I read this uh, title of the article and the actual title of the article, and it's from CoDefense, and I will put a link to it in the show notes, but the title is, this is what happens when you give scammers $500 worth of gift cards. And I don't even remember how I received it, like if it was on a, uh, which alert it might've come on or if I just saw it. So I don't know how I found it, but as soon as I saw that, I was immediately interested. And instead of putting it somewhere where I can go and read it when I have more time, I immediately read through this article and it was really good. So again, I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. So I'm going to share with you some of the more interesting points. I'm not going to read through the whole thing. It's actually, uh, I don't know how many words it is, but it's uh, quite long. And so if you'd like to read through them all, you can definitely do that. It will be highly entertaining. I am just going to point out some of the things that they learned uh, that you might not think is the case. And then some of the uh, more interesting results. And I also do want to say that they didn't give each scammer $500 worth of gift cards. They purchased a total of $500 of gift cards and they were in $25 denominations and they were Visa gift cards. So just want to make sure I point that out. But first, I want to start with what are gift card scams, and they are very related to business email compromise or BEC scams. And I know I've talked about these before on the podcast, but just a really quick uh, brief definition. So gift card scams are 
when you receive a request and typically they will come in to your email box from a high level leadership uh, uh, member or you think they're coming from that leadership member and it's urgent and they want you to purchase gift cards. And sometimes they'll even include you in the group that's going to get the gift cards, right? So you're really excited now, but any event, they'll have you go out and purchase these gift cards and they'll tell you, go ahead and do it. You're doing me a favor uh, because I would do it, but I can't do it because I'm getting on a plane or wherever they're going to go that they are unreachable. And so when the employee goes to get, uh, goes and purchases the card, uh, cards comes back, then magically they are available again. They ask for the last, uh, or for the redemption codes on the back. And then, uh, once they get those redemption codes, then you never hear anything again. And the gift cards are totally wiped out and are unusable. And then you find out they actually didn't come from that leader that you thought uh, you were communicating with. And that is actually another form of business email compromise. And business email compromise is when, again, you think you are getting an email from a trusted source, either leadership or um, we have we deal with that all the time here in vendor maintenance with uh, uh, maybe you think it's your vendor that's emailing you, um, but it's really a deceptive email to get you to uh, part with your with with your funds. And with um, the business email compromise, the FBI, I report these numbers all the time, but uh, their IC3, uh, Internet Crime Complaint Center, uh, receives uh, fraudulent complaints. And so they do a report every year. And the 2021 IC3 report showed that business email compromise scams, while they actually did uh, decrease from from 2020 to 2021, from almost 24,000 in 2020 to uh, uh, just under 20,000 in 2021, the actual amounts increased or the actual average uh, increased and the total lost uh increase as well. So 2021 the total loss was 2.4 billion, so that's a lot. And then the average loss is 120,000. So it is not the millions that we sometimes hear about across different platforms. And so business email compromise is here to stay and it looks like so are gift cards. And the speaking of the FBI, they actually did put out a video about gift card scams and I think this was last year, but I'll put a link to that. The if you didn't know, uh, the FBI does have videos out that talks about different subjects including fraud And I'm looking at the page now with the uh, video of FBI warning about gift card scams. And one of the links to another related video is on charity scams. So I've talked about that as well. We know it's out there. So again, I'll put a link to this page and you can uh, take a look at those videos if you are interested. All right. So now that we have a bit of a background for a business email compromise and then gift card scams, which is what we're talking about today, let's start with the first thing that I thought was a bit interesting is that 
the scammers related to gift cards, they wanted specific types of cards. They wanted Apple cards, Steam cards, which I don't even know what Steam cards are, but they're out there. Um, or they wanted Google Play cards. So they were pushing for store specific cards, not necessarily like if you go and get a Visa gift card, right? They tried not to get that. They tried to push back, um, but they did accept them if that's all you had. So you can use that as a red flag for fraud if you receive a request to get only Apple, only Steam, again, if you know what that is, or only Google Play cards or some other specific store card. Now, the second thing that I found interesting is where these cards, once they receive them, where they redeem them. Like how did the scammers use the cards? And so in each different scenario, and there are quite a few, they talk about the path that the card took and where it was ultimately um, redeemed if they could find it. I think in one case um, they couldn't. But what was um, uh, interesting to me is that these are normal places, right? One was like an Amtrak ticket. Um, the other one was somebody bought like Google TikTok Lives, which I didn't even know that was a thing, right? You can buy those for $4.99. And then other ones were, um, uh, there was one where it looked like it was a underground um, uh, counterfeit toy thing, but there were other ones too that were just like gift shops, um, uh, something on the web. Um, it did look like a couple of them were these uh, companies that you couldn't tell what they are, and so who knows what those are. But there are there were some legitimate um, purchases. Of course, Amazon had to be on the list, right? So it wasn't just use being used for like nefarious things. It was places that, you know, you and I could have made that same exact purchase. Now, the third thing that I thought was interesting is the scammers always ask for larger amounts. So, you know how I said before, they had $500 worth of gift cards. They were in $25 uh, denominations. And so they were using them as bait for several different uh, gift card scammers. And so they were only giving them, you know, one or uh, just a small uh, percentage of the total amount that they were really asking for. And what surprised me is that, yeah, they were still apt to take that $25 gift card. Like one was asking for a thousand dollars, right? They wanted five $200 steam gift cards. And I did find out what steam uh, is. It's an online gaming platform, which is probably why I don't know about it, but they were asking for a thousand dollars and they took $25. And it's could be because one of their other examples was the fourth thing that was uh, interesting to me is that, you know, we think about all of these fraud uh, schemes and we think they're so large, right? Because we hear about the millions in uh, business email compromise scams. We know these folks are asking for, you know, what could be relatively large gift card amounts. I just talked about a thousand. There have been other denominations, not necessarily at 25, but they'll take it. Um, and they'll take it because 
sometimes they are not part of like a larger fraud network or game. Uh, sometimes they are an individual. And so one of the examples that they gave, one of the scammers was actually a person. The reason I say it that way, right, because everybody's a person, but you think that it's these large, you know, um, gangs or networks or some of the more larger uh, figures that we've heard about that are, you know, perpetrating these BEC scams. I forgot that guy's name, but he was all over like Instagram touting, you know, all the things that he's purchased and taking pictures. And so you hear about those types of things, but this person, let, let me go through it and explain. So this guy came in, he uh, tried to perpetrate a business email compromise, uh, BEC scam by impersonating the CEO. And he really targeted another employee at, uh, at the co-defense company. Uh, uh, company. And so that person knew that the analysts were doing this experiment. And so they sent the scammer over to these analysts. And so instead of trying to, you know, keep that scam going, they asked the scammer if he would accept a gift card in exchange for them to interview him about, you know, the insights of the scamming. And so the scammer agreed and they called it going off script. And this is what was interesting to me. So they did acknowledge, uh, the analysts at Co-Defense did acknowledge that the scammer could still be lying to them. But what I didn't really recognize if this is true is that these folks can be just regular people just like you and I, right? So the scammer talked about how he became a scammer because there were just limited opportunities in Nigeria. And yes, I know Nigeria, same place that Nigerian prince lives that we all still keep getting emails from. In any event, he said that before he was a scammer, he did odd jobs. Uh, he used to be a tailor and he used to make shirts. And then uh, the profit from those shirts would be in USD about a dollar twenty cents per shirt. So you know that's not lucrative. Um, he said he was also older. He's fifty and uh, just did not have an easy life in Nigeria. And then so all of those things led him down the path of scamming. And I talked before about how fraudsters, right, they go to work in these larger organizations, just like you and I, right? They go to work every day and they're just using their powers for bad instead of for good. So while we're thinking, you know, and working every day to be ethical and do things the right way, they're doing just the opposite at work. But there are also these types of stories where these, they're, they're single folks and they are what you would call solopreneurs uh, that are using scamming as a way to make quick or fast money because it's definitely, definitely makes you more money than that $1.20 USD per shirt if that, were that was true uh, that he was making prior to scamming. And by the way, I had given what 
uh, he used the gift card for as an example in one of the other interesting uh, things that I found. He was the one that used it for the Google TikTok Live, which I still don't know what that is, but that's what that gift card was used for. All right. Now, the last thing that I thought was very interesting, uh, and I think it's number five, if I kept up numbering right, who knows, but it was the fact that on one of them, they actually did look at the receipt for the gift card. Because remember, they purchased these gift cards in advance. And so they the scammer actually looked at the receipt and it just kind of threw them off a bit. So I didn't realize that they would do that. They still took it, but it did, uh, it did cause them some, some concern. The fact that the receipt time timing didn't match when they asked them to purchase the card. All right. So they had a total of nine engagements. They call it with scammers and this experiment with 500 gift cards. Uh, I will say though that they fully acknowledge even though those were uh, gift cards that were trackable, they still said they can't, there's no way to know exactly what route these cards took before they were redeemed or maybe they weren't being redeemed at all in all in some cases. So they do say that they could be sold on gift card, uh, cryptocurrency exchanges. Um, stolen cards can be sold locally for a smaller percentage. And then scammers can be part of larger groups. And if that's the case, then they may have other ways to launder specific cards, right? Um, just getting into larger profits um, versus making a purchase like what was seen in this experiment. And actually, not all of these were like purchases or that they could tell because some were to merchants or uh, companies that you just don't know what they were for. All right. So again, this is International Fraud Awareness Week. If you're listening to it when it's published, uh, when this podcast episode is published. And so take a look at this uh, article that writes up, right? What happened as part of this experiment might be great to share with your uh, team if you are celebrating, right, or doing things to make your team members more aware during this International Fraud Awareness Week. This could be a great uh, article to bring up and just kind of walk through because, again, very interesting what happens when you give scammers $500 worth of gift cards. All right. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 213th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. 